So let's review. The mission in the previous daf continues. Chalitza b'minal chalitza sikshera. A chalitza that was performed using a minal, a soft shoe, is effective. However, ba'ampilya chalitza sabsula. A chalitza that was performed using an ampilya, comparable to a sock, is not effective. B'sandal shiyeshli ekiv kasha. A chalitza that was performed using a sandal, a harder shoe, whose ekiv sole is intact, is effective. However, if the soul is missing, the chalitza is not effective. The Gemara addresses sandal uminal. Regarding sandal, both Rabbi and Rabbi Yisrael said in the name of Rav, Im If Eliyah and Nabi were to state the chalitza cannot be performed using a sandal, his statement would not be accepted because it is already customary to use a sandal. Regarding minal, they have a machlaikas. If Eliyah Anavi were to state that Chalitza can be performed with a minal, his statement would be accepted. This indicates that until then, minal loy. We do not use a minal lekatchila. Of course, but the Yavid Ksheir has taught in the Mishnah. If Eliyahu Navi were to state that Chalitza cannot be performed with a minal, his statement would be accepted. This indicates that until then, we do use a minal liketchila. The Gemara cites a Bryson, which we also find this machlik is whether we use a minal liketchila. The reason of the opinion that we do not use a minal liketchila is a gzir drabana. Mishum minal merupat. Inami mishum chatsi minal. Because of a torn minal, or half a minal, which is possible the yevet, because it's not considered a shoe at all. This gazer applies only to a minal which is made of soft leather and can be worn even when torn. Therefore, Chazal prohibited the use of any type of minal liketchila to prevent one from using a minal merupat. However, this gazer does not apply to a sandal which is made of hard leather and cannot be worn when torn. The Gemara proceeds to teach three rulings of Rabbi Huda Merav, for which it gives a simon hataras yavama sandal. I'm Rabbi Huda Merav. Hataris Yavama Lashok Bishmitas Reva Ekev. Chalitza is effective in permitting the Yavama to remarry, even if she only removed the shoe from the majority of his heel, even though the shoe still covers the rest of his foot. Figmar asks from a Brisa which states, Hutru Ritsuois Minal Vesandal. If the laces of the Minal Vesandal were already untied before the Yavama removed it, Oi Shashamat Reva Regal, or the Yavim removed the shoe from the majority of his foot, and the Yavama removed the shoe from the remaining part of his foot, Chalitza subsula. The chalitza is not effective. The Gemara points out that it seems that shamat hu chalitza subsula. It is because he removed the shoe that the chalitza is not effective. But shamta he chalitza sikshera. If she removes the shoe from the majority of his foot, the chalitza is effective. However, the Brisa uses the term reiv haregel, which implies reiv haregel in reiv haikiv loy. Chalitza requires the shoe to be removed from the majority of the foot and removal from the majority of the heel is not sufficient. The Gemara answers like, Heine reiva regal, heine reiva ekev. V'hamai karo le reiva regal, dekul achayla dekaro le'adachas. Actually, reiva ekev is sufficient, because reiva ekev is considered reiva regal, the majority of the foot, since most of the person's weight is supported by the heel. Regarding untying the shoelaces, Rabbiani elaborates, Bein shehitru hu b'sham tehi, bein shehitru hi b'sham hu, the Yavama must do both acts. She must untie the laces and she must remove the shoe. 
if the Yavim did one of these acts, the Chalitza is not effective. Rabbi Yana asks, Kerasuhu mahu, surafsuhu mahu. If instead of removing the shoe, the Yavim tore or burned the shoe off his foot, Geluye karabinan vo'ika, is the primary requirement of Chalitza to reveal his foot, which in this case has been achieved, therefore these Chalitzas are effective, or the primary requirement of chalitza is to remove the shoe, which in this case has not been achieved. Therefore, these chalitzas are not effective. Take The question remains unresolved. And the Chavi poses the same question in reverse, in a different situation. The Yavim is wearing two shoes, one above the other. The Gemara explains, Removing the outer shoe while the inner shoe remains not a question. It's certainly possible because the Pasuk says, She removes his shoe from above his foot. The outer shoe is above the inner shoe, which is above his foot. The question is, She tore the outer shoe and removed the inner shoe entirely while the outer shoe remained on his foot. Is a primary requirement of chalitza to remove the shoe, which in this case has been achieved? Therefore, this chalitza is effective. Or the primary requirement of chalitza is to reveal his foot, which in this case has not been achieved. Therefore, this chalitza is not effective. The Gemara next cites the second teaching of Rabbi Huda Marav. A Yavama who grew up with the brothers, the Yavaman, is permitted for Yibam. We're not concerned that she may have once removed one of the brothers' shoes, which would be an inadvertent chalitza. The Gemara points out, This implies that if we know that she once did remove his shoe, although there were no intentions for chalitza, the chalitza is effective, and she is then forbidden to marry any one of the brothers because of Kivan Shuleibana Shuleibna. Once one brother did chalitza with one of the Yavamas, neither he nor his brothers may marry the Yavama or any of the other wives. The Gemara asks from a Brisa which states, Both must have intention for the purpose of chalitza. If so, even chazinan loy chashinan. The Gemara offers two answers. Ein chashin means... Even if she was seen removing his shoe, there's no concern that they had intentions for chalitza. Therefore, she is permitted for yibam. Kafan is only required for the chalitza to be effective in allowing the yavama to remarry. However, liachen mifsala, a chalitza even without kavan is effective in disqualifying her for yibam. The third teaching of Rabbi Huda Marav. Am Rabbi Huda Marav. This teaches that the shoe of chalitza must be of leather. The Gemara continues with Rav Kahana explaining that the word chalitza means mishlaf, to remove as the Pasuk states, They shall remove the stones with the nega. So to the Pasuk, means that she shall remove his shoe from his foot. The Gemara cites several psukim in which the word chalitza means to prepare and support, which in our case would mean to put the shoe onto his foot, and concludes, mash mahochi or mash mahochi. The word chalitza can take on both meanings. However, the words me'al ragloi mean from his foot. 
Therefore, v'chol must mean that she shall remove his shoe from his foot. Igmar continues explaining the Mishnah which taught, Bampilya chalitzas psula. A chalitza that was performed using an ampilya, comparable to a sock, is not effective because it's not considered a shoe. The Gemara cites a brisa regarding Yom Kippur. Echad minal v'sandal v'ampilya lo yitayel One may not walk in an ampilya on Yom Kippur. Apparently it is considered a shoe. I'm a rebel like Kasha. Kam v'ampilya shal ayr, kam v'ampilya shal baget. It depends whether it's made of leather or cloth. The Gemara then cites a brisa which discusses many halachas of chalitza, among which it teaches, chalitza bekav hakiteya chalitzasik shera. As he rules, an amputee may wear it on Shabbos. Rameo holds that the shoe of chalitza does not have to be leather. However, he agrees that Ampil Yishal Begit is not valid for chalitza because the kavakiteya protects the foot, but Ampil Yishal Begit does not protect the foot. The Gemara next daf continues to explain the Mishnah.